Escape from Plan A. Okay, so we just got out of um, <laughs> the Avengers Endgame, you guys. I could not stop crying. Seriously, could not stop crying. And uh, my kids and I were screaming and cheering and... Yeah. You guys are gonna freaking love that movie. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Lots of crying, definitely. I cry a lot more than I expected. Um, all in good ways. I think I got everything out of this movie that I needed from it. Hands down, this is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. And I love movies. And I, I just think that given all things, we've had 10 years of just an amazing run of comic books that I used to read when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know? And to see it all culminate in this film that they just put together, it was, it was literally everything I, I, I wanted. Everything. It was everything. Welcome back, listeners. Here's another episode of Escape from Plan A. I am your host, Oxford Condo, and I am here with the ever-reliable Mark. How's everyone doing? And a returning guest, Millie. Hello. And first-time guest, M2May. Hey, hey, how y'all doing? So M2May is somebody we've first were Twitter friends, and since we all live in New York City, we became real-life friends. Isn't the internet wonderful? So M2May, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, let the audience know what you're all about. Cool. Um, I'm born and raised in New York, still live here. Well, I live in Jersey City, technically, but uh, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, used to be an actor for many years, and I'm also a professor of film as well over at Purchase College. I teach some cinema history, you know, theory and practical like screenwriting stuff. That's the, that's the short version. Yeah, and I think we all got to know each other because we were both fans of Champagne Sharks. I, is that right? Yeah, 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 I think that was kind of the the the, the genesis of it all. Mhm. Yeah, and Millie, I mean, you've potted with us before, you know, about Crazy Rich Asians and the hate you give and then you did a pod about uh, you know, being Asian American and trying to make it in show business. But why don't you just introduce yourself again in case people uh, weren't able to listen to those podcasts? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for having me back. Um, I'm Millie. I'm a filmmaker in New York. Um, I typically come on the pod to talk about films. Um, and I love Plan A. I love Escape from Plan A. Um, so thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Well, yes, talk about films we shall on this podcast. So, Oh, but before we start doing that, we have a very exciting announcement to make. Um, in about a week or so, we'll actually be launching, we're planning to launch, uh, a Patreon. Um, we've been doing, Plan A's been around for almost two years now, and we've been gladly doing this, you know, uh, as a passion project, but I think we do realize that to get to the next level, um, some money is needed, and what we plan to offer in exchange for your support are bonus episodes, um, access to a Discord where you can uh, talk to us and other people uh, who subscribe to us. And also what we want to try creating is uh, a way to pay Asian American writers, especially those who may not have access to the mainstream platforms yet, uh, and just find a way to you know help cultivate them and, and provide them some means of support. So please be on the lookout for that. And, and now back to the podcast topic. Uh, we'll start off by talking about Avengers Endgame, but uh, the podcast will be more, uh, we'll get, we'll draw back a bit more. And I think we're going to talk more about this very rabbit stand culture that comes about not only in 
uh, you know, Marvel movies, but also Game of Thrones and other types of popular culture. So, uh, and Tumi, you said you just watched this movie today, right? Yeah, I literally got out of there about an hour and a half ago. Oh, wow, really? And, um, and Mark, you watched it in Korea, is that right? I did. I was in Korea um, on vacation for two weeks, and um, I was going to go to a baseball game. The second baseball game I'd gone to in Korea, but it was raining. So <clears throat> the wife and I decided to go to the movies, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, Avengers Endgame was showing. So I actually saw it earlier. Like, it came out in Korea, like, maybe a few days before it came out. Oh, really? Oh, That's interesting. very interesting. How are the crowds there? Because I, I heard it's really huge. popular. Korea much to my loves dismay, Marvel. You know? Yeah, they love Marvel. So I think the articles out there say something like 83% of the screens in the whole country were showing this one movie. So think mm-hmm. about think about what that would be like in the U.S. if, like, Every theater you went to, like eight out of ten screens were just one movie. Yeah, that's so a, that's a like state deal. propaganda level. That, that's yeah, it's a big deal. It was so, a big deal. Question: Was it subtitled? It wasn't dubbed, was it? No, it wasn't dubbed. It was subtitled. Okay. And Millie, you and I, we went to see it together yesterday at noon. Yeah, it was pretty packed. Yeah. Oh, but before we go on talking about the movie, I do want to say something else because sunday was a day of miracles uh for soccer fans <laughs> and and you know mark you're you're a big soccer fan you and oh, i yeah. were big fans of uh son min or in english they call him a son hyung min <laughs> oh yeah but uh so uh if if you've been following soccer uh the in order in the premier league in order to make it to the champions league you got to finish top four the champions league is where like the best of the best teams play and tottenham which is the team that son plays for uh, has been doing really well in the Champions League. They're actually in the semifinals uh, against Ajax, uh, the Dutch team. but And they've been doing well in the league as well. But the last like, couple of months have been just a total disaster. Yeah, yeah. They've been losing game after game. And on on Saturday, there was a game that if they had won, they would secure top four. And it would have relieved a lot of stress. Yeah, but not, not only did they lose, but Son got a straight red card, which means he yeah. also misses the last game. Yeah, that that was I, I got so depressed that day. I, uh, it was just <laughs> it just ruined my whole day, and it, it was really sad because Son had had such a good season, yeah, uh, such a great season, and I thought, oh my god, he he undid it all with this stupid red card. They're gonna finish like fifth. They're gonna miss Champions League, and the only hope they had, at least uh, for this week, I mean, they could have won the next game and they would have gone in, but the game they were gonna play uh, next week is actually against a very good team. So I was really scared about that game. Yeah. There was like a one in a million chance uh, if both Manchester United and Arsenal either drew or lost to these very bottom feeding teams, like some of the worst, yeah. historically worst teams in the league. And some like no it, hope teams, just teams that like barely stay in the Premier League. So yeah, and <laughs> in the morning I saw that Manchester United drew with Huddersfield, and I was like, okay, all right, let's not get our hopes up, but at least it takes them out of the running. Mm-hmm. And then actually the, the Arsenal-Brighton game was right before Millie and I uh, went to the theater. And I was like, I'm not going to check the score because I don't want to be sitting in the theater wanting to take my phone out, you know, in the <laughs> middle of the movie. So I waited until it ended. I waited until uh, Millie, you remember you and I, we stepped out to the curb and I took out my phone. I'm going to check the score. <laughs> and I saw that it was a 1-1. And I just started shouting and screaming on the street. I was like, I love you, Huddersfield and Brighton. And yeah, Did people was, think was, you were excited about the movie you had just seen? I, I don't know. I mean, if you did not know soccer, if somebody said, I love you, Huddersfield and Brighton, what would you think? <laughs> they would have been like, what the hell like, are you talking what, about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so it was it was such a good day. Um, but, but Oxford, I'm like, while you were watching the laser light show that was Avengers, you didn't have moments where you were like, <laughs> I wonder how the game is going. I was gonna say like. <laughs> Okay, uh, so this is a good segue into actually talking about the movie. This was actually my first Avengers movie. The only other Marvel movies I've seen uh, is Iron Man and Black Panther. So I went in not knowing much except what you would know just because if you're ever on Twitter, you know those memes of Avengers are everywhere. Even just using those, you can piece together the story. And you're not particularly like a comic book fan, right? No, Uh, no. I mean, I like the X-Men cartoons when I was growing up, but I didn't even watch a lot of that. Um, So... I went in not knowing much. I will say, though, uh, Mtume, to your point, I found the three hours zip by pretty quickly. I wasn't ever bored, mm. even though I didn't know anything. So, Amelia, you and I talked about this at the end, but I, I think as a piece of entertainment, um, it, it worked. You know, it's it's funny. It, it's 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 stupid. And, and like not, I didn't even bother to try understanding what all the time travel <laughs> meant because I knew it, it made mm. no sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was a breezy, nice movie. What did you guys think? You want to go first, Mark, or should I? <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll go. go ahead, man. Um, I mean, I guess I should preface uh, what I'm about to say with like, I'm a general. I, I, I early on, I liked the kind of whole Avengers thing. I, I like, I liked the first movie. You know, I, I enjoyed it, and then around like the second one, I just, I just, I began to become absolutely like just not interested because the storytelling was just so bad and yeah i i, I <laughs> took I, one I, movie for you <laughs> well you know i think it wasn't just one movie I, I would say it was someone like the extensions of the movies like the 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 iron man movies and it, it was like this onslaught of like the same movie so i kind of i'm kind of over it um i have to say i i the, the three hours went pretty quickly i would say i would agree but i i, I felt like it could have been a half hour shorter if they didn't have so many snarky oh, yeah. jokes. Like they could have cut like fifty percent of the snarky jokes and the comebacks, and we would have had a shorter movie. And I started getting antsy. Then I was like, "You're really gonna have a joke thing? We're gonna have a a, a five minute like extended joke about Thor being fat." Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> and- oh yeah, by the way, this pod will be full of spoilers. And by this point, I think it's the spoiler. Um, like yeah. Should- the, yeah, yeah, it's like it's uh, too late by now. Yeah, dude, but, um, like, dude, this writer on like this this well known writer on Twitter got upset because the Russo brothers have like put this the official spoiler um, embargo was lifted on Monday, and this like famous writer was like, never, it will never be okay to spoil this movie. Oh, that's hard. Like, he wasn't uh, like, that's I mean, wasn't, th- this is okay. the internet age. This is not the, like the 80s anymore. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, you know, it, like, it should be another like month. It was more like, never will it be okay. And if you spoil it and talk about the film, you're dead to me. Like, it was like that tone of Because tweet. it's I'm that like, great of film? Is that I have no idea. Like, I'm like, idea? dude, you're like 60, 70 years old. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I think it's because like for a lot of these people, it's kind of like a cultural life event, you know, and like part of it is like you have to see it. And if you haven't seen it, then you have spoiled it yourself and you need to go see it to be in the know. And, we're, you know, it's it's ridiculous. It's 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 a bit over overkill. The way that people kind of it's like a religion. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, no, um, you can't you can't talk about Casablanca. Too early, man. <laughs> what? They don't end up married. <laughs> gone with, gone with the wind. Can't spoil it, bro. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, the and also the spoilers not that 
well, maybe because I'm so not invested, but it's like, okay, Iron Man dies. Okay, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's, not, right. that's not too unexpected. You would yeah. expect that somebody would die. And right. I saw it and I actually admired the movie for killing him off, but I wasn't just blown away by it. But then again, as I said, I'm not that invested in the movies. Millie, what did you think? Well, you know, like you, I'm not a huge Marvel loyalist. Um, I didn't read the comics growing up. I have no emotional ties to the franchise. So I fully accept that the opinions I'm about to express will not be popular. Uh, Don't be popular here. That's fine. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. Well, the first third of the movie just felt really grave and overly self-important to me. You know, to your point about inside jokes and to me, you know, I just felt like there were all these long pregnant pauses with these like repetitive reaction shots with every character exchanging a meaningful look with every other character over every single line of dialogue. Oh, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. the score was very heavy handed. You know, it was designed to indicate what's supposed to be emotionally important. Um, It didn't matter what people were talking about. There was like a string orchestra over every single line, you know. Like, is that anyone's peanut butter sandwich? You know? <laughs> yeah. Da, da, da. Strings, and, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I personally think these movies work better when they're fun and snappy throughout. You know, like, for me, the original Iron Man or Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Millie, uh, remember when you and I both burst out into laughter when they descend upon Thanos's, I don't know what, his garden house. Compound? <laughs> I guess yeah. he has, a, yeah, I guess he has an orchard. Yeah, his retirement home, as they said. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And then um, Oscar and I totally like, started laughing at inappropriate points because well, no, because because the, the Avengers have him pinned down. They're like, "Where are the stones?" And he's like, "I don't have them." And he's like, "But we What'd saw you." What'd you do with them? <laughs> no, he's like, "No, but he's like, we our scanners indicated you used them on this planet." And he's like, "I used the stones to destroy the stones." And then <laughs> right. I just burst out laughing because that just sounded so funny. I know it's the so way bad. he said it. It's yeah, so bad. Um, it's it was so bad. All right. So then, okay, so, so Millie, you're like the first third was sort of just overwrought and self-serious and... Right, you know. and, you know, I mean, I'll state the obvious, of course, that, you know, about quote-unquote diversity. If Hollywood's goal now is to just go down the list robotically checking off the boxes, then, you know, I wanted to say, well, I think you missed a box because there's so little Asian rep in the movie, um, mm-hmm. which surprised me. Simply because, you know, of this trend of performative diversity right now. Right, right. Um, And also because, you know, I kind of thought that the whole, the part of, that at least half of the goal for the producers is for these movies to do well in Asia. Hmm. Although I then checked myself in thinking that because I don't think that Asians in Asia care about Asian American stars because they have their own stars. Plus, I mean, let's be honest, like, we, we Asians were, were like, I, I remember Black Panther took place in Seoul for no real good reason, but that, oh, that's yeah. enough for us. And we're just so desperate, we're just so desperate to get any acknowledgement that they can just throw a worthless bone like that. I think, remember, they, they even got actors who spoke terrible Korean because they weren't yeah. Korean, or yes. maybe they were totally Americanized. I think they were, then, like, Korean-American, you know, and they're, like, yeah, Korean I mean, enough, if, you know? If you're Marvel, you don't even have to include any Asian people uh, not not that I even want to see an Asian Marvel movie, but they don't even have to include an Asian person, and already like eighty three percent of of screens in in Korea are showing it. So why would they yeah. why would they need right. feel the need to? What do they care? I mean, and, do that. and Korea is a very small movie market. You know, I mean, though obviously you can make money there, it is a very small market for. It, but 
Um, I, I don't know how it did in China. You know, I have no idea how. Uh, I mean, Marvel globally, plays. globally, it's, well, I'm sure it's we'll huge find out. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it made it passed the two billion mark. Yeah, yeah, can, so, and you can't do that without overseas sales for sure. Okay, but all that said, I found it yeah. surprisingly watchable because I did not fall asleep as I thought I would. <laughs> um, I thought the actors were good. You know, the movie stars like half of Hollywood, including the cleft in Chris Evans' eyebrow. <laughs> what? Oh, what the hell? He has his own moments. The even. whole time, you know, I'm I like, know, oh my god, you know, you can't even. <laughs> it's just his, his brow is furrowed for a lot of oh, the movie. No, I, no, I, I think he has like a little. It's almost like a dimple or something. Does he? Oh, yeah. really? Huh. Interesting. I don't, I don't think it's a furrow. Oh, but okay. I digress. I mean, I also love Robert Downey Jr. As, uh, yeah, yeah. as troubled as he is in real life, that man can carry a movie. If you compare it to say the god awful DC movies. I think it does help that the actors seem to be having fun. Everyone is very, I think they, they all, they're very comfortable in their roles. Like, you know, I, I loved Fat Thor. He, he seemed to be having, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> seemed to be having a blast, you know, being a fat dude. And that was just funny. Uh, obviously, it, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of stupid, but yeah, it, it, it was funny. And even for a total noob like me who, you know, wasn't going into this movie wanting to like it, it was like, yeah, I, I had fun watching that, those parts like that. Yeah, it was interesting, but like I, I find it that they they've really gone up with the snarky jokes though. Like I feel like early yeah. on they were it was a bit more like you know this one would be a bit more snarky joke, this movie would be a bit more serious. Now they're just like everything snarky jokes. We're doing yeah, it I, yeah. full on, and, and 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 every character has a comeback. There's like there's like no character who's mild mannered anymore. Everyone right, has it's a like comeback. quip and yeah, it's a quip. It's just quip dialogue, right? They all yeah. have just one liners. I think I think yeah, there's a line yeah. in um you, you know the Oscar Wilde play uh, the importance of being earnest. I think there's a line where one of the characters is like, "Oh, everyone's so witty these days. It's so boring." <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. No, that's it, exactly. No, yeah, what it's that's like. so true. <laughs> that, 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 that is pre- that is perfect. <laughs> yeah, that is really perfect. Uh, uh, Endgame is what a movie number twenty twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. So I can Think I can easily that. see how if you've seen twenty one of these movies, like, oh god, you know this type of humor. Um, but at least it works because I remember when uh, the Last Jedi came out and everyone was like, "Why is everyone cracking jokes all of a sudden?" And everyone said, "They're just they're just trying to be like Marvel," and it didn't work. So no, at least right. to Marvel's credit, they can pull it off. Unlike Star Wars or, yeah. or I don't think DC even tries because they're just so grim all the time. They they try for a drier ironic humor, because um, like with Star like Wars the, or DC, DC, okay. DC they try for like because. Um, like Batman will try to be funny, but like he, you know, he's grim dark. So like it's more of an ironic thing that like he, you know, Batman made a funny, but it's sort <laughs> of like menacing at the same time. Um, it just doesn't work. I, I, but you know, I, I guess I'll offer my opinion as the resident. Uh, yeah, you're the expert. Yeah, you know, comic book nerd and and uh, movie watcher of these flicks. Sweet. Um. This is the this is the first movie I've watched in my life where I hated it as I was watching it. Oh, really? Wow, like, that's strong. My anger and hatred grew God every damn. second and every scene as I was watching it. Jeez. Gosh. Um, <laughs> Why? It we was, have to know. Well, because I, I think one of our friends described it, and this is how I was sort of describing it as well, is that I felt from a movie-making perspective, it was just... 
it was fan service scene after fan service scene stitched together like vignettes and like dialogue that like it didn't fit it didn't come together as a whole to me it was like okay the screenwriters and the director were like, okay, we want to make sure we do this with these characters. Uh, and we want to have this interaction and that interaction. And we're going to film each of these separately. And then we need to sort of try to fit it all together so it looks like a movie. And I just, it, it, I could see the cogs turning. Like, I, I could see the cogs and the, and, and the, the strings being pulled. And um, it felt very hacky to me. I just didn't. Like not all the humor landed. I love Fat Thor, but like, <laughs> you know, it, it, he was like the best part of the movie to me. Um, and I, it just—well, he's a version just, of the Big Lebowski, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah they, in they, a way. Even, they even make a reference to that. They make so many pop culture references. Oh gosh. The, yeah. It's just filled with it. It's but that's what I mean. Is I just I don't know. Like it felt really manipulative in in the in that they're. Um, they're very ham-fistedly trying to uh, uh, get reactions out of the, the crowd that's watching it. And it's, like, very memeable. It's, like, a very memeable movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's on purpose. You know, I, mean, I don't know. These, I, I, I know it's on purpose, and I can see These movies live online, you know, now. That, I think that's the thing. Like, when I, when I watch these movies, I see the Twitter feed. It's like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. I'm sorry. The the The... The, the moment where all the women unite at the end to oh kind my of rush Brie Larson through with with the Infinity Gauntlet. That's like yeah, this is yeah, this yeah. this is this is going to be a Twitter thread by someone who's going to write it. It's going to get retweeted eight thousand times about women's empowerment and all this other stuff. And they they it's so transparent. So I, I agree with you. I, I've gotten to the point, but that's not just Marvel. That's also like no. Star Wars. I'm not saying it's just Marvel, but, but I, I but I know I, I agree with you. It's it's really difficult to 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 sit through and because it, you just see it. It's it's pandering. I mean, if only the feminism were real, you know, because the fact is that the movie <laughs> right. is still a very male dominated movie. Oh, absolutely totally. it sure. is. I mean, it's like like Black Widow, uh, you know, sacrifices herself. In the previous movie, Gamora was sacrificed. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> right, all, all yeah. the, um, the, oh, the, the, sorry, and the, the daughter that, that Iron Man has, she gets sacrificed, right? Like, or she, well, she comes back, but like, she was going to be sacrificed. Like, all these women get sacrificed. What? And then they get one scene where, like, all the women in the movies that know, they always forgot sort of get their girl power moment. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, like, I, I turned to my wife. We were watching it. I'm like, really? Like, I just. <laughs> yeah. You, you can easily see, you know, Kristen Gillibrand or something using that uh, as her and then pasting her face on it and oh, trying totally. to get that <laughs> as, a, slug. as a Oh, my God. Yeah. Totally. But uh, here's one thing I found absolutely ridiculous. You know, in the final battle, like uh, Thanos and, and Iron Man, I th- I think it's Iron Man. It might have been somebody else. Like Thanos mm. has like the gauntlet on. He's like trying to snap yeah. his fingers, but they're like trying to stop his fingers from snapping. <laughs> I found that so stupid. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, there are some people who can't snap. You know, it's like <laughs> that's uh, right. That's right. Like this is me snapping. It's not that loud. Um, and. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what what if like Thanos couldn't snap? Like he just lacked yeah. the physical ability. Like, he has all the stones. Like, oh god, damn it! I can't snap my fingers. <laughs> I'm shocked they didn't I've, make I've... that joke. Have like you know, I don't know, Black Widow or uh, you know, uh, Captain America have the inability right. to snap, so they can't use the gauntlet. Come on, that's a missed joke yeah. right there, guys. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Or 
<laughs> he has infinite power, but he can't. But he can give himself snap. the power to snap. <laughs> Thor's a god, uh, but he can't snap. Uh, that's he like, can't snap. It's, like a, it's like a Greek tragedy uh, where he has like infinite power, and he's finally, uh, you know, sacrificed everything to get this thing, but he can't. He lacks the one skill. I can't <laughs> snap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and I don't even want to get into like a ton of the plot holes because that's just sort of, you know, it's not really about uh, like the logic of the movie. I mean, you can't, you're never going to win. You're never going to look like smart <laughs> arguing about the the logic and plot holes. Of, I mean, a, wherever a there is movie. a ton of plot, there will be I, plot holes. Exactly. And it's oh. such a plotty movie. And that's the problem. Such a oh, plotty so movie. They, they overpack you with information so you don't have time to even think if it could actually narratively work. So they'll just say, let's just keep dumping them information. Pack, 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 pack. Mm-hmm. No one has time to think about it. You're, and then next thing you know, there's laser light show. So why are you going to then think about, does, is it really possible? <laughs> Wait a minute, how right. is nebula still alive if she killed herself in the past and i don't understand <laughs> right, it. It all this no stuff sense. yeah yeah S- speaking of a laser light show that's a perfect way to describe the battles because remember how after um they uh the hulk uses the the gauntlet to bring everyone back uh the evil nebula um tele transports uh thanos's ship onto that like their mm-hmm. secret compound and he launches like a uh, hundred missiles at them and just levels everything, but of course mm-hmm. nobody yeah, dies. So it's like okay, um, I, I don't, I don't. It, it, that, I mean, this is why I just don't like superhero movies. Is there's, there's no consequences for anything. Like uh, in the last movie, uh, you know, everyone supposedly died, but everybody knew they were coming back. But people still pretended to be mm-hmm. sad, even though it was just it was just as if they went on vacation for a little bit and you knew they were coming That's right. back. That's right. Um, but well, like, do you think they were pretending to be sad or? Because I think people actually get really emotionally invested. Yeah, but oh, it's like you mean like people you know, Because you know they're coming back. Because like you saw the trailers for you know like the Spider Man movie or something, and you had or other Marvel movies where they clearly showed the characters coming back. Yet, right? I see what you mean, but I, I guess what I mean is that like I, I think for diehard fans that you no, know, I, I agree with you. What, what I yeah, what I meant by pretend sad is. Why are you sad when deep down you know that they're not actually dead? It's maybe it's this. Um, I mean, I we can talk about this later, but this need to be part of this like collective uh, cultural network, and everybody's feeling sad, so I want to feel sad too. Mm-hmm. Everyone's excited about this, so right. I want to be excited too. Um, like when this movie came out, and and uh, I think we can talk a bit about Game of Thrones too, because I think the the fever pitch. For that is almost as big Ugh. as Marvel. I remember when the 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 Long Night episode, which had the Battle of Winterfell, that came out. Everyone's like, "Have we seen the greatest episode in TV history?" It's like, first of all, it's not even the best <laughs> battle in Game of Thrones, let alone the best episode <laughs> of TV history. Felt- not not just Game of Thrones. <laughs> TV history. TV yeah. history. But I think there is maybe uh, this need for people to feel like they're witnessing something incredibly special when it's not. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. You, you, yeah. It's totally that. Especially if they feel like their generation has been like shit on, like the millennials or something, right? And yeah. maybe there isn't some sort of like cultural touchstone TV show that they can really say is theirs. Because I think like The Sopranos and The Wire are sort of like the last like Gen X stuff, right? So like the millennials probably don't feel that we've had our own moment. So like this is going to be our moment, even if it doesn't add up. So I, to- mm-hmm. I I totally think you're right, Oxford. It's like that need to to say that we have our own thing and to be part of that, 
And if you say like, oh, you know what? Well, why are you being so sad about fake people? You know, they're going to come back. You're the party pooper. You're the one that's sort of like, you know, you're the stick in the mud. And no one wants to be that person. So, you know, if every one of your friends is sort of getting emotional, then I guess you've got to either keep your mouth shut or get emotional too. And mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I don't mean to be a snob about it because I actually think that the Avengers and Game of Thrones, you know, do serve a cultural purpose, you know. Yeah. I, I love Game of Thrones. I think a lot of it is, um, well, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead in topics, but I, I think a lot of it is that modern life is really stressful. Totally. Sure. And yeah, people yeah. need their fix, you know. And yeah. It's just human nature to need a fix when you're under pressure. Uh, you know, we work more than we've ever worked. We're more disconnected than we used to be. And so these shows and movies, you know, help unite us. Especially. Help, help bring us together about, you know, something that we care about or uh, about things that we care about. Especially because people feel like they also don't have heroes in real life. It kind of like ideologically helps you kind of contextualize your like current moment in life like okay like you like, like remember when obama right. was like running for president there was like this need to constantly make him like a superhero True. make him like superman super obama right and we have mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. we, i think we contextualize our heroes in these kinds of iron man tony stark they're always redeemable if they make mistakes you know the mistakes that literally maybe kill mm-hmm. eight thousand people in the middle of a <laughs> in the middle of a, of a city you yeah. know maybe then yeah. one day they can go back and just snap and bring everybody back i don't know it's like it's 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 it has mm-hmm. to do with also our emotions i don't think it sometimes is very conscious i think it's very subconscious but it helps us kind of like yeah, cope with yeah, our ideological yeah. kind of disarray of our real lives you know thanos can be defeated so Thanos can be defeated so can Donald Trump you know yeah I mean like that Arya killing the Night King thing that happened like just maybe a week or so after the the disappointment of the Mueller report I swear when I was on Twitter (laughs) seeing uh you know like especially a lot of political Twitter always gets entangled with you know pop culture Twitter I swear people thought if Arya like could kill the Night King maybe the the, there would be a a new Mueller report that would impeach Trump That, do we that's know the, if that's the kind of feeling I got? Do we know if uh, Trump can snap his fingers? <laughs> they're too short. They're too fat. Nah. They're too greasy. They're all. It's always covered in chicken grease. <laughs> He's not a snapper. Not a snapper. He's not right? a snapper. He's more of a Loki man. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of just like race, um, at the end of Endgame, there are two moments I think that we're supposed to really play to the 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 woke crowd. And the first part is when Thor tells Valkyrie, oh, you know, you should be the leader of New Asgard. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And here is, you know, a black woman getting to be, uh, you know, king of whatever, uh, whatever they are. Are they gods? That's true. I'm not she's sure the first are. female sky father of the Norse pantheon. Yeah, yeah. What what Mark said. <laughs> well, then- I'm sorry. I mean, it goes to like Norse mythology, but Odin, Odin, they're all men, right? So like, they're all like, they're the, uh, the top. So like Odin and Zeus are the leaders of that pantheon of gods. And to make, like, you know, a woman who's a mortal woman, but, like, the ghost of a mortal woman, because the Valkyries are, like, the ghosts of the of women that are made into, like, these wa- warriors in the afterlife. To make her uh, the leader is actually a pretty big deal, but it's mm. definitely for the woke crowd. Yeah, and then at, like, the second last scene, I think, is when old Captain America oh, comes no. back 
and gives the uh, shield yeah. to the Falcon, Sam uh. and says like you you're yeah. the you're the new Captain America and I think that also is is signaling how progressive this universe is but in both instances what you see are you know, benevolent white people bestowing power and allowing very grateful black people or and or women uh to to be allowed to ascend to power and not only that but i think i think like captain america is portrayed as the best of what we want you know open-minded just america to be and i think it bleeds over into reality in which people like think chris evans is is, actually captain america or like he's the ultimate woke right Like yeah, remember right. when he remember when that's he right. helped uh, uh, Regina King up the ste- uh, steps yeah. at the Oscars, yeah. And so many they people think went he's crazy actually Captain America. I swear to God. Yeah. Yet, what does he do at the end? He chooses to go back to the 1940s. He, he to be completely selfish. And he's like, hmm, like I've to seen this safe. new. Yeah, huh? he's like, I've seen this new modern world where there's no like Jim Crow, post civil rights. Well, you know, we had a black president, and all that. Nah, I'm go- I'm gonna go back to you know the 1940s. Uh, so I just thought that was a little odd. Well, that's also like, like the really weird thing about these movies that they recontextualize history also. While they like recontextualize our present, they also recontextualize history. Like, like how know, so? Well, like if you think about it, like, okay, the 1940s, right? They they kind of idealize that time in the Captain America and the only real threat is what? The Nazis in, in, in that, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Nazis is the only bad thing. Not the fact that there was Jim Crow in America. Not the fact that there was, you know, people were unequal of all other races. You know, the everyone at heart was Captain America, really. You know, and they, they use that to recontextualize history and make America this place of, of greatness. And a Captain, and Captain, mm-hmm. I, I always found it really funny, um, or found it funny in this movie where Captain America wields Thor's hammer because he is most worthy. I mean, that's such a pro-America moment. Mm-hmm. That America is the, is a worthy <laughs> nation. I was like, you've got to be true. kidding yeah. me. Basically, a godlike mm-hmm. nation, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. I was like, "Oh wow!" They re-. and then and, and what does Thor say? I knew it, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. and that's that's a reference <laughs> back to I think the first Avengers movie where um, there's a scene where like Thor's hammer is sitting on the coffee table and all the heroes come up to try to like lift it because they don't believe like it's right. magic, and the only one to like budget is right. Captain he gets America. Nervous. Thor. Yeah, there's like that one, like oh yeah, it's like oh someone else is worthy, but yeah. not really, right? So it's you know it's all these Easter eggs and references, and it's like, like you know I get it, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm I should be the person like who's the most enthusiastic about this movie, but I think I've gotten cynical for the for one of the big reasons, like you mentioned, Millie, is that how entwined the um, sort of mental and emotional health of people has has become. Uh, with these yeah. movies because like the world just sucks so much we put so much of our we invest so much of our emotional energy um, into these movies and as long as the movies have like slightly correctly leaning politics then we feel okay about ourselves like somehow because there was a Black Panther movie or because the next uh, you know Captain America is going to be black which actually happened in the comic books like 10 years ago that um, it's you know the world's going to be okay. Like that means that like we're 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 going to defeat Trump or something. And I I, I don't know. I, I'm just I, I'm getting tired of it because I feel like it's 
actually holding us back. And it's actually a bad thing that uh, we've entangled so much of um, our identity and our, our well-being um, and like this self-care stuff in these movies. I see um, what so you're it really saying. sort of bothers me. It's like the, it's like people are choosing to indulge in fantasy rather than engaging with reality. Right, and I get it. Like people need to escape. I mean, look, I've been a. Right. Know, I love video games. I love these things. I've grown up with them. I love them. Um, but you know, we're adults now, and you know we got to deal with this shit. No one's gonna solve these problems. Like, Captain America is not. None of these people are real. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> You know, I, and I, don't, I don't mean to be like a bummer, and be, but it's just sort of like I, I get really upset when like there's so much um, really like energy to like try to tie it to like politics and, and, and all this stuff. I'm like, no, there's nothing to do with politics in here. Like you, we, we're not going to solve Medicare for all and we're not going to solve these problems by looking at like, you know, uh, how Iron Man builds his suits or some shit it's not yeah, this is actually like, like people have written about this before i want to read this oh, quote wow. from a book i recently read called uh, grand hotel abyss uh the lives of the frankfurt school it's a book by Stuart jeffries so this is a it's, a it's a paragraph long so bear with me um thus far the revolutionary potential of works of art in the age of mechanical production in which walter benjamin had placed so much hope had not been realized culture had become impotent to change oppressive social reality Worse, it helped hold that oppressive order in place. Marcuse, in his 1937 essay, The Affirmative Character of Culture, had argued that culture separates itself from society or civilization and creates the space for critical thought and social change. But instead of fulfilling any emancipatory role, it had become an autonomous zone, a place of retreat from social reality. In this zone, Marcuse argued, the demand for happiness in the real world is abandoned for an internal form of happiness the happiness of the soul. Bourgeois culture creates an interior of the human being where the highest ideals of culture can be realized. This inner transformation does not demand an external transformation of the real world and to material conditions. Such is affirmative culture. The horrors of the everyday can be dissipated by attending to the beauties of Chopin. So replace the beauties of Chopin with the excitement of avengers or game of thrones and that paragraph and switch the dates a bit it's like that yeah, paragraph totally. makes sense today yeah i mean yeah i mean they talk about this when you think about like and like studies of like melodrama and how melodrama is really there to kind of keep status quo intact right like you had like the classic melodramas of the 50s where you know you had the woman and she couldn't help herself so she meets the good man and she denies him at first because mm-hmm. she's damaged you know but then you know the man she, she the man helps her out and then at the end of the film she's free right but the status quo is still what she's still mm-hmm she's still oppressed as a woman in society right and mm-hmm. that's the thing these these movies they they re, they they recontextualize our present they make you think things are possible that are actually impossible you know what i'm saying like no there is no black man going yeah. to become captain america you know sorry there is no wakanda there it is not coming it's not happening <laughs> yeah it yeah, doesn't that, exist that's the thing that really bothered me about black panther was that i saw that so many especially like black people get so invested in a fake african country than, and like wait there are real african countries yeah, out there uh, some of which are on the verge of actually doing quite well but you'd rather believe in this fantasy land where everyone has like photon cannons and you know some some magical metal that like does everything ever uh and it, it, it it's like that fantasy is much um more pleasing than than the actual reality 
And I, I just found out. A, a I bit mean, you have you have you have black political pundits now who throw up the Wakanda Forever sign. Like, really? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, do they still do that? <laughs> I, I thought it was cheesy, like five seconds after it was first done. But oh, people no, still, I still do see it? it. There, were, there was a whole scandal of a of a of a of a black like supposedly left he's kind of liberal pundit who did it after one of his speeches recently in the last like two months and i'm like really wakanda like wakanda doesn't exist wakanda was actually created by white people it's like man come on like <laughs> it was yeah you're like a black leftist and you're throwing up wakanda this doesn't really work mm-hmm. yeah ju- just because ta-nehisi coates now writes the black panther comic book doesn't mean that it wasn't created by you know white people in the 70s because they wanted to sell, they wanted to sell yeah. comics. And, like, and also, Black like, Panther's yeah. a king. He's a monarch. Like he's a he 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 runs a, 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 a an oppressive. Really, if you think about a hierarchical structure, where he is the king forever. We're doing this like but benevolent king thing. It's like his his one family too. One it's family like one bloodline family. It's exactly. It's like but we're celebrating that. But you know, I mean, Black Panther's as much about Black Americans' vision of what Africa is than you know, and that's an it's an acceptable Africa to them. You know, not the real Africa, which I don't think is that acceptable for many black Americans. I just want to say Killmonger was yes. right. So. <laughs> Indeed. Um. <laughs> yeah, and it, I even heard criticisms of the, uh, well, not criticism, just pointing out that, hey, wait a minute, Killmonger won the throne fair and square. That, exactly. So T'Challa at the, at the end of it all basically overthrew a legit African ruler with but the divine help of the right is more so, important divine uh-huh. and they're telling you divine right of kings <laughs> is more important than actual knocking the guy down the revolutionary leader is illegitimate which is, well it's just actually bullshit because well I mean obviously they don't actually mean what they say in terms of the rules of how the the monarchy works because it's actually not supposed to be like a hereditary uh-huh. monarchy it's supposed to by be merit. by merit so any anyone can can a uh, challenge the current king to ritual combat, just like Killmonger did and win. But I think with T'Challa, like his family has won for the last bazillion years because they gamed the right. fucking system. And that's why they had to. Anyway. That's why they had to make Killmonger demented, you know, and and uh, untenable, you right. know, to have as a king. You know, I'm interested. I'm interested in, in Tumay's point about how melodrama helps preserve the status quo. You know, I I don't know that any of these movies are really that feminist, except in a lip service kind of way, like that moment at the end of you know towards the end of Avengers, uh, the girl power moment. You know, which probably felt ridiculous to everyone. I mean, I can't imagine that anyone would feel that that was a real Check thing. Check Twitter. Uh, Check you'd be surprised. Twitter. You'd be uh, especially since. Especially since, like, who is ultimately the the person who made all this happen? It was Tony Stark, and I remember that scene where he's like on the on the couch with with uh, Pepper, and he's like, "I I found the way, Pepper," and she she uh, ha- plays the typical female role of just like looking at him, like concerned, but you know, the loving, supporting wife. And I guess she, I I, di- I didn't realize she was also an Iron Man, or an she, Iron yes, Woman. Yes, I didn't yes. know that. I mean, I guess that's kind of cool, but still, it's 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 his show. He did everything. He did most of the thing. Uh, most of the men did everything, and you can't just patch all that up with a, you know, little, you know, little, like moment at the end. Which, you know, I mean, how far did that gauntlet get advanced anyway? It didn't seem like it, it went that far. Maybe like a twenty yard <laughs> run. You know, <laughs> yeah, a twenty yard football fly. field. Um, but you know, I think Oxford, you mentioned something about how like they did all these things, and like no one actually got any. Um, like they didn't have to pay for like what they had done in those like five years they didn't face any consequences like hawkeye 
just like going around the world murdering. Oh, we, yeah, we got, we got to talk about Hawkeye. How could we have gone? Yeah, <laughs> so that was the like, Asia moment. Hawkeye going around the world murdering, murdering all the Mexicans and the Japanese Yakuza. Like he, no one actually like comes back after like they they fix everything and they win the battle. Be like, hey man, like those people aren't like you killed those people. They didn't come back. Like uh, what's gonna happen with that? Nothing happened. They didn't talk to him. They weren't just like, why'd you go crazy? They're just like, oh, you were sad. We understand, man. You need to just yeah, kill a few hundred people. We get it. Yeah, and and <laughs> they they get they get a total kick-ass actor like uh, Hiro Yuki Sanada, and he just plays this weak-ass villain who not only loses but at the end even just like begs for his life. At least if he's gonna be evil, let him just die like you know like a like a badass. But they don't even give him that. And actually, I, I recently saw a movie called Sunshine. It's it's a Danny Boyle movie. Came out I think in 07. and the same actor Hiro Yuki Sanada he plays. Uh, the captain of the ship that's like sent to nuke the sun because like the sun's dying, and he <laughs> he has to like sacrifice himself uh, in order to save the crew. It's it's just, it's like it, Marvel with like with Asians. It's we're just all disposable to them. I think the only other time an Asian showed up was in one of the Avengers movie, and it was some like Korean actress, and her only line was like, "Oh, I think like Thor is hot." That was her only line. So it's like, <laughs> there's there's that one bullshit. guy in the doc. In the, I forget his name. The guy in the Doctor Strange movies, and you and you see him in the movie, but 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 he had no yeah, line. Yeah, did he have any lines yeah. in in this movie? He no, had a couple he of lines. He does. He, he had does. one snarky line right before the big battle at the end. It. It's a throwaway line. It's a throwaway line. It's something like, "How did you all teleport together?" He's like, "It's magic." Oh my god! Know, something really? like so stupid, you know? Yeah, it's some stupid shit like that. Uh, you know? It's yeah. They totally. I mean, I don't want. I'm not gonna get into it, but like the way they the way they characterize almost every character in these movies and the power levels are not even consistent between movie to movie, let alone like within the movies themselves. And they just do a disservice to almost everybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but it's still a joke. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but like it's a, it's a joke. Um, uh, like as I was watching the movie and and like I was seeing like Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye like do his thing, I just had to roll my eyes. They're like, are you, are they really gonna make him sort of this like white dude who dresses like a samurai or what like a twelve year old thinks a samurai (laughs) ninja like thinks looks like and then he's going to kill all these Japanese people with the katana and like then speak Japanese and you know before that he had been in Mexico killing all the you know Mexican gangsters like yeah. are they really going to do this and they and, did and why and does like, when, right. when when white guy goes dark he has to become a ninja or a samurai like what what's up with that like that's darkness for a white guy you know I, I gotta become that also coming as an outsider I, I don't know anything about Hawkeye it also just kind of bugged me that like he, like the way that his like I I you know idyllic life was, he was like on a farm right. with his like family. It was very kind of um like like you you if you ever watch like a you know Spielberg movie or World War Two, what's like the you know wholesome all American family? They're gonna have like as I said a farm or a ranch in Iowa or North Carolina or something like that. And that's what Hawkeye was. But um so he was like he was, he seemed to be like the good. American man and oh he like uh, kind of straight from the path where he just killed a bunch of you know Latino and, and Asian men uh, but now he gets redeemed at the end and uh, he lives happily ever after like fuck him yeah 
Like he f- he felt bad, guys. Like he was gonna <laughs> sacrifice himself. Oh man! But uh, you know, yeah, I, I bet wo- I bet uh, he he was all only pretending. I bet he like was like, oh, thank God she sacrificed <laughs> herself. So I didn't want to like die. Theo and cockroach in the Cosby Show. No, you you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. And then not okay. I mean, it was it was like it was like that. It was like that. It was. I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah, he was like a happy-go-lucky, you know, American guy that just has a secret identity as like a assassin for like the, sh- you know, super CIA shield. It's like, come on. I do have one last narrative gripe with it. I think that really annoyed me with the movie was it was um, this need to do like Avengers Marvel greatest hits and go back in time to like the oh, yeah. older movies. I was like, I feel like I'm watching that episode of the TV show of a TV show where they where they do the old clips from earlier seasons. Oh, like, like a, a clip, clip show. show. Yeah, yeah. I was like they're doing it they're, they're doing yeah. a clip show for an hour in the movie. I was like this is the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my yeah. life. We're getting and or we're getting like little B-roll extra about what happened after the first Avengers, <laughs> right? The moment when, you know, Hawkeye and Black Widow had a had a cocktail after they caught Loki. I was like, "Really? This is your movie?" <laughs> Gosh! It's like what? <laughs> it was so weird to me. I was like, "This is this isn't." It could almost be brilliant if you are like making fun of yourself. <laughs> Except, Except you're, you're not. Very you take seriously. Very seriously. <laughs> and that's why we're disturbed. Um, but I guess we can um, change gears to Game of Thrones. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but um, M- Millie, you're you're a little bit more dialed into Game of Thrones, right? Well, I love Game of Thrones. However, I'm a few seasons behind. Oh, wow. So Oh, you are. Wow. Okay. Guys, don't worry. I'm 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 used to, you know, all of my friends are mad at me. They're like, "What are you doing with your life? Why are you not caught up? Why are you not watching this with me?" And, and I get I it. Actually, I actually I admire you more. I like you more. Really? What season possible, are you on? But I like you more Millie, than you are behind. What season are you on? I'm curious. Um, I don't know. I think 5 or 6 okay. at best. Oh, well, five, you're, you're five's behind. the shit so season. Behind. Like, don't give up. Because just because five sucks, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I love. I'm a big fan of the show. I you're think, gonna watch it. Yeah, I think you're it's gonna watch it. a very well made show. It's really well written and well acted, and they use huh. tools of narrative in a really you know smart and interesting way. Um, it's super compelling. You know, and, and it has two more, three more seasons to yeah, disappoint you. It does. Okay. <laughs> Duly noted. It does. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> um, but anyway, speak freely because you know. Uh, there, but no, but I won't, it, by no, the time I get to though. it, I, I it'll I won't remember the spoilers that we brought up during this pod. No, but it's interesting though because so so you so what 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 narrative elements or what techniques do you th- think that they really um that's there that the show is a great example of like what do you, what do you think they do really well? Mostly suspense and surprise. Okay. You know, like they are so good at sort of flipping the charge in a scene. So that you think something's going great for a character, but then suddenly, no, it isn't. <laughs> They're about to die. <laughs> and then a minute, a beat later, things are going great again. And they just, you know, they throw they throw our hearts around with abandon and we love it. But do you think they do it in a way where, you know, you look back and you're like, okay, that makes sense that that happened. Or like, I, I get the sense at times, maybe later on in like maybe season like six or seven, that they've started to do it just to do it. And it's sort of like a... It feels sort a little of a crutch now. rote, I see. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, right. 
I don't because I get what you're saying. I mean, they did they, they did some great things early on. I mean, like Ned Stark getting killed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what was that the end of season one or was that like the middle of season? Yeah, one? end of season one. The end of season one. I mean, that I I will have to admit that is one of the best. That's why I kept watching twists that I've I, seen. I, I was on the fence yeah. with the, with the show the first season, and then when they chopped off Ned Stark's head, I was like, okay, I'll stay. I'll <laughs> yeah. stay with yeah, this yeah, for yeah. a little bit. Right. And I think like. The first and few... like Oberyn getting killed was was really a big thing, right? Yeah, that was, that I, I don't was know the, what. Oh, that was a low point for me. Which it, in which case it was a high point. I mean, like as a viewer of the show, emotion that was the lowest point for me. It was just completely right shocking. because I think people loved him so much, and then even in a, in a plot sense, I think it does work that like it makes sense that he could possibly because of his arrogance sort of die. Yeah, but, but I don't. The, the reason it was so shocking was because I was never that shocked by the red wedding because like rob stark was a dumbass i mean that was the truth and like he was, there was no way he was gonna yeah. survive that long uh you know like he betrays one of his most valuable ads because he wanted to marry like somebody else just like right kings back then they had like you know they had multiple like secret girlfriends and stuff you know that's like that's right like, <laughs> this guy was an idiot but he's like Oberyn, stupidly noble yeah yeah Oberyn seemed to be wiser kind of like more like wily than yeah. that uh, so for him to go out was like really there's no hope like anybody who's good whether you're kind of naively good or kind of cynically good you're you're done for no space for you in this world i will say uh like one of the things i hate most about game of thrones is just the bad twitter it has um unleashed oh yeah uh, I, a couple were so bad i just had to you know had to mark had it to down share. So this is Matt Iglesias. I know he gets a lot of shit from a lot of people. I don't particularly care about him. I don't know, whatever. But he writes one, for Vox, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know who he is and what, what he writes. But some people really loathe him. I, I, I mean, I don't like him, but I don't, I don't get that emotional about him. But one, uh, he tweeted, "Ah, but is Arya likable enough?" Oh, ho, ho, how topical of you know 2016. <sighs> and then another one. Oh, this one's terrible. He says. Geo Mormont was so hung up on fundraising that he never came up with a message that would resonate with working class white walkers oh, north wow. of the wall. And that's why we're in this situation. Oh, so witty. <laughs> so witty. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, terrible. Oh. But um, so, but yeah, so Millie, you think that like they used, you know, they, 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 they um, had suspense and sort of surprise. What, what other sort of narrative techniques do you feel that they, they, um, did very well, at least up to season five. I mean, I think everything is sort of a variation of one of those two things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they are good at sort of establishing. I, I feel that it's relatively clear what's happening, despite the number of characters and the number of sectors in the world. Yeah, they're somehow able to make everybody That's quite true. distinct, even though there's yeah. so many people, so many different houses, so many different nations. Um, but they do a pretty good job, at least yeah. at least with the the white uh, kingdoms. Uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> they don't do as good of a job with Ooh, the non-white no. uh, people, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wrote that article. You know, let Game of Thrones be white, based on the fact that they just keep screwing up all these. Just just keep it white, you know. Like just, just if stop. you want to do stop trying. Yeah, if you want to do something <laughs> with like non-white people, let us do it. You can't do mm-hmm. it. Don't even try. Your track record is shit. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm either, you know, yeah. the black guy gets castrated and he's, you know, loyal to some white lady who likes freeing dark people Great. or, you know, the the black woman is a benevolent servant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, come on. Like, we don't need you writing our That's roles. Thank you. We appreciate it. But, you know, <laughs> good looking out. But right. next time, right. don't bother. <laughs> 
right, right. Yeah, there, there's a, I mean, there's a black guy who like sleeps with Daenerys, and guess what happens to him? He gets locked up in a vault for all of eternity. Oh, that. Oh, that's right. He was he like a con man or something like that. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I forgot his name. It was like 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 Xanos yeah. or or something. He was like the. He proclaimed himself right. king of Karth, and then um, and he tried to like take over and and steal her dragons or something. And then she found out, and yeah, she like buried him alive. So, lesson learned. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah the weird thing about 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 game of thrones to me is, is 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 their fan culture like and even you even get it in marvel like these stories of like the, there was the guy who went to see avengers and he spoiled it and they beat him up or something oh that was in yeah china, it was like right? in china i think you it was know, in china like, yeah. yeah they beat, they beat him, him up, up or like you have like people in like these like game of thrones fans who believe you know if you don't like game of thrones you are this really evil person if you express that you don't like game of thrones that you're actually trying to destroy <laughs> the game of thrones <laughs> fan base and you're like <laughs> right it's that whole like let people yeah, enjoy things like, thing, I, right? don't, I don't like it i, I found like I, I thought the first you know it's interesting because i'm curious how millie's gonna like the seasons going on because i thought the first four to like five seasons were fine but around season six it started to re all the things that i liked about it was the fact that it was able to reshuffle the deck always i always felt this willingness to reshuffle the deck of like the show but there's a moment where i realized that they had characters who were so invested into their fan bases and you, you know they couldn't do it they anymore do it. and i'm like watching it now like oh my gosh you literally are doing everything to keep this character alive even though they should have been dead two seasons ago i don't know to me i don't know why but like uh jamie getting his hand cut off really shocked me yeah that yeah. was brutal because um, it goes to what you were saying millie about how like you know it seems to be going all right but then it goes bad but also i feel really like bad. they're good at doing like <laughs> yeah i feel like because I feel like they also do this flip where it's like, okay, it's been really bad. It's got to get better. But they're like, nope, it's going to even worse, <laughs> <Yep>. you know? <laughs> and it's like, it almost has the same effect where you're like, you're shocked that like, okay, like he's been captured. He's getting his ass beat. Like he's, you know, he's like a main character, you know, he's nothing's bad supposed to happen to this guy, really. And then he gets his hand chopped off. You're like, yeah. Oh, and I think that's pretty bold you know? in a show. Yeah, know? totally. Oh, Most definitely, shows definitely. don't operate that way. So that's something I really appreciate. Yeah, totally. uh, but if you yeah, guys are no, saying I, that that doesn't yeah. exactly continue, then I, I believe you. It doesn't. It doesn't, which, you know, like Jon Snow dies and comes back to life. Yeah, that um, was when I just, I was like, okay, um, a certain era of Game of Thrones has ended. We're now in a new era. It's like when people dying is no longer permanent then you're kind of in this uh, cartoon world which is you know the whole problem with um infinity mm-hmm. war where like all those char- beloved characters supposedly died but they didn't really die uh so it's like why why should we even be sad we know they're coming back we just have to wait because uh, obviously the heroes are going to win um so yeah that, that was when uh, the show i i was actually really it's not like i was happy that john snow died but i was really um, proud <laughs> that the show is going to kill him off. Then people say, but but the the Lord of Light won't bring him back. I'm like, oh fuck that shit. Oh no, no. Yeah. And like you know, I could have tolerated him like coming back to life if they would have did something with it. Like make him like have a weird zombie twitch that he has to kill people at night. Like you know what I'm saying? Like make it have a consequence. Right, right, like, right, right. I'm fine with that. Like okay, right. kill him and he comes back to life. It's magic. But like the dude just comes back. He's like, yeah, I died. I'm alive. 
ain't that funny and i'm like come on man well yeah but also also like um because they had that other night guy that was brought back a bunch of times right. by the lord of light yeah. i like him. He's, saying, you know, he's fun yeah. yeah and he's like yeah he's a fun character but they're like you know there's a cost and like every time i come back uh you know not all of me comes back and like part of your soul is whatever they not none of that none of that none of that with john snow it's sort of like oh, i'm back and i'm completely the same uh the same idiot that i was you know <laughs> um it just sort of <laughs> yeah i wish it had con- yeah but but it must have been because they 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 lost the source material yeah, I do think that we should talk about the other, I think, if there's like a triumvirate of Marvel, Game of Thrones, what's the other big thing? It's Star Wars. And I bring that mm-hmm. up because the Star Wars trailer for Rise of Skywalker was the first time I actually saw that trailer was before uh, the Avengers movie. Cause I actually I haven't seen it yet. I don't know, maybe people like kind of stop caring now. But I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on Star Wars? I didn't like The Force Awakens. I liked The Last Jedi even less. That's why I didn't ca- even care to watch the trailer for for um the latest one i did like uh rogue one but um i didn't watch solo and don't really plan I, to I either ha- it's not very good i didn't see solo i i, I have to be real like as hard as i am on I, I, as hard as i am on marvel movies i found these last two star wars movies to be mm. absolutely awful <laughs> like, they're really no they're like like, yeah. like no like they're they're ridiculously bad like i didn't as movies, as as movie craft, like just ev- everything is exposition. Everything, everything is exposition. I'm like, no. Like, can you show me? Can you do it? Maybe. Like, they just literally, <laughs> they literally just explain everything to you, and it's really annoying. And it's also so much. Mm-hmm. So, I, and to me, I don't mean to like, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to like put you on the teacher spot, but like, could you just quickly explain? Oh, but exposition. Well, it's like. It's like where you you explained the the kind of totality of everything that's happening through words. So it's like I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. about everything that needs to happen and all the ideas and why this person hates this person and why we are fighting and why I hate him and why I love her mm-hmm. all in one big long speech in a scene rather than actually just have mm-hmm. a scene mm-hmm. where they show them they love each other. They fight and make people actually right. come to conclusions. Everything is like it's information dumps mm-hmm. because they want to have information dumps mm. and then yeah, and definitely. then fight scenes. So information, fight scenes, information, fight scenes. And it's really annoying and I cannot take it. It's really bad. Right. It starts to feel a little bit like a, you know, a high school essay totally. or something. You know, isn't there this sort of like structure <laughs> where it's like I'm about to explain X, Y and Z. I am now explaining X, Y, and Z. I have (laughs) now explained X, Y, and Z. Oh, man. Right. My head hurts. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like all, it's all um, tell, no no show. It's all. Right. Like the the new Star Wars movies has accomplished something which I never thought was possible in, at least in my lifetime, is that people have almost started to uh, inflate the the worthiness of the prequels. People are like, you know yeah. what? Prequels is <laughs> yes. really bad, but at least they tried something new. Unlike, you know, like The Force Awakens, I thought was just so bad at this. It was just the same yeah. movie again. And it was like, you know what? At least George Lucas had, had the guts to do something new. It sucked, but <laughs> at least he tried something yeah. new. <laughs> um, um, you know, so, so I think with the Marvel movies, right, they're always sort of better when they're lighter, right? Like, I think the the... The best of the Marvel movies have are light. They're not overly dark and serious in tone. I almost feel like Star Wars is better when it was totally. a little darker. Like for me, 
the best Star Wars movie is Return of the uh, is um Empires, right? So what's the full title again, into me? Empire Strikes Back. Really, you forgot the title of the Empire Strikes Back. I know. Back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you can revoke my nerd card. Um, but Empire Strikes Back is to me the best of you know of the nine thousand Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. um, because it. it you know, because it was serious, but it, it was done well. Like it was a well, it was the most well crafted movie, um, just emotionally to me. Um, and it wasn't too uh, involved with the space magic and shit. Um, but the rest of them are, are it's, I don't know, they're not good. But I, I always, I always liked A New Hope the best, just because it was the most straightforward heroic narrative. Um, I thought it had like the best space battle, and it wasn't too full of itself it was like it was it knew what it was which is like a like an adventure movie so that was my favorite what what about you guys which one is your favorite if you even have one <laughs> yeah you don't have to i have like one. empire <laughs> i would say empire is to me the best i'm, I'm with you i kind of like i kind of yeah, like star too, wars when it was sure. dark i remember when i was a kid and seeing like luke get his hand cut off i was like oh my god and it like left a kind of stain in my brain of like horror you know i did, I, I like that you know <laughs> I, I i did like a new hope though also i thought new hope was fun I can't even. I don't even remember which A New Hope was. Which was it? That's the that's the first one. It's which the is first the sixth one. one. Yeah. Is Natalie Portman in it? No, no. no that's A New Phantom Hope is Menace. the first like, one that came out in our timeline, but it's the fourth in the uh, nine. The the, the nineteen seventy seven. The first one made. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy seven. Yeah, it's the first one they made. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, see, silly me. Of course. <laughs> you guys have heard me say this before. I, none of the like, I watch every Star Wars movie pretty much, but none of the details stick with me at all. Mm, I'm just yeah, not that, that kind of viewer totally when fine. it comes to that franchise. I can understand or that, really, though. any franchise, but especially Star Wars. Yeah, they can smudge. I, can I feel like that. they smudge a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're so archetypal. I mean, so you know, it's not really about. I don't know. I, it, this the specifics don't feel that specific to me. Yeah, uh, my my problem i think with empire strikes back was that it was actually the first star wars movie i ever watched um i borrowed it from the library i did not really know what star wars was about and i watched it and and i didn't know what was what it was really kind of dark and depressing and that ending just like what i was like what the fuck is this ending there's no resolution what is this and i i don't think i watched another star wars movie for years after that because i guess it wasn't in the library so so it always it left a sour taste in my mouth because i it was confusing and it, it left uh it did not have a clean conclusion so that that probably ruined my Star Wars experience. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to say is, uh, you guys talked a bit a bit before about how if you're not into like Game of Thrones, you get basically bullied, <laughs> which I find very interesting because like this is supposedly nerd culture, right? Star Wars, it, like it fantasy and comic books. Yeah, this was now. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if you define, I mean, there's like I think various ways to define nerd culture. One could just be Nerd culture is any kind of uh, like pop culture that's marginalized and considered uncool. But some people think no, it's it's actually what like comic books, whether it's cool or uncool, it's just nerd culture. It's it's mm-hmm. fixed on mm-hmm. its subject matter. So I think you know it's a lot, you got a lot of people come out and say like, oh, I've seen every Marvel movie. That makes me a nerd. But what I find really funny is uh, the people who are then. Um, the so-called nerds who are into this often use very like jock mm. bully tactics to uh, attack those who uh, don't agree with them. Like 
I think we see this a lot when, especially in The Last Jedi, when um, anybody who criticized that movie was basically called like a virgin loser. And I'm sure, I know there were a lot of just like <laughs> angry uh, 4chan types who were uh, attacking it unfairly, but it was also legit to attack the movie for not yeah. being good. And even with like Ryan Johnson saying, coming out and acting like anybody who attacked the movie was some, you know, pimply, squeaky voiced, uh, you know, never even kissed a girl type of guy. I, I just found that just horrible. And it was like, yeah, you call yourself nerds, but you're just acting just like the jocks. And I think that actually shows it is not nerd culture. It's it's the dominant mainstream. Yeah, it's, it's funny that mm-hmm. like, it's ironic that he goes after the, the stereotype of the crowd that sort of kept the medium alive to now so that now you can re- direct this movie and make millions and millions of dollars. Like those pimply people, you know, that stereotype of comic book man, um, you know, they kept it alive and now you can make money off of it. Like, and now you're like upset with them because they don't like how you interpreted like their childhood media. Like get over yourself. Like you made a shitty movie and I know that it hurts you that people tell you that it was shitty, but it was put your big point pants on and suck it up. You're a millionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with him really attacking it if the movie was good and all the attacks were unjustified. And as I said, some attacks were probably unjustified that, you know, these guys were, yeah. But, you know, as I said, there was legit grounds to attack the movie and and to just dismiss all criticism. It's just this very, like, increasingly opportunistic use of just, like, progressive ideals to mask for mediocre or even, like, crappy work. Uh, which is just not going to lead to a good place. I I liken it to a similar feeling that like uh, David Chang had um, in Ugly Delicious when they were talking about how like Korean culture and kimchi sort of is like this um, really popular thing now amongst like uh, you know restaurants and popular culture. And 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 the white chef that was his friend was like, so how do you feel about like you know white chefs making kimchi and doing this stuff? And he's like, you know, he felt. He was, uh, I think he was, um, David was like uh, a little, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was um, of two minds because he's like, obviously you can do what you want. But then on the other hand, I remember when I was made fun of for having it for lunch and stuff. And I feel like now it's cool because the white people said it's cool. As like a nerd growing up loving like Star Wars and comic books, I feel a little similar thing where like now it's cool, but you guys were like the cool kids and like... You just like it now, and now I don't have my like culture anymore. I don't know. It's like a similar thing. Yeah, and it's 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 weird because it seems like they they want to use this shield that they're oppressed as some kind of symbol that they're like having some kind of transgressive life, and it's like no, you're not. Like it's like no. nerd culture becoming mainstream is this way for people to kind of manufacture uh, a kind of injury for yeah. themselves and th- and there are real nerds out there who were really bullied for yeah liking, absolutely you know but like a lot of these people are not nerds but they want to create some kind of like persona for themselves and it's like bro nah you're just into the marketing scheme you know stop it like that's all it is <laughs> yeah i mean at this stage anyone who's directing star wars is not an oppressive no. person. exactly I, I don't know how else to put it <laughs> there is no other way they're doing fine that's like that's so... literally it bam yeah. All right. Uh, we're uh, we've been talking for a bit. Uh, uh, you think this is a good way to wrap it up? Uh, if anyone has any closing thoughts, uh, you have the floor. Um, I would just say I would just like to say that um, as a Trekkie, I'm very sad that we didn't talk about Star Trek. No, I'm kidding. Doesn't matter. 
<laughs> I'm uh, joking. I'm I, joking. I, I, no, we'll see, blame I think that's, J.J. Abrams I, for that. No, I, I, yeah, I know, right? Actually, Mark, uh, uh, that's very interesting. I, I think, because uh, I've always been thinking, like, what is true nerd culture these days? I still think Star Trek is in genuine nerd territory. It does not have that social cachet that, you know, Marvel or Star Wars or DC now has. I still think, like, being a Trekkie does make you a genuine nerd. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always been a Trekkie, and I think that's probably just because my dad was, like, a Trekkie from, like, back in, you know, when it came out in the 60s. My dad's a Trekkie. Um, so I think that, like, I definitely... It was, and he loved all the stuff, too, but, like, he was definitely a Trekkie first. Um, so that probably influenced me. But, yeah, I mean, I, it makes me happy to say that you said that, <laughs> Oxford. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Like, is, is, is there genuine nerd culture still around? Like, like real genuine nerd culture? I think maybe, maybe like, esports. Yeah. Um, but like that's also becoming so but mainstream. Video gaming isn't really the realm of nerds anymore. Either. Yeah, I think maybe certain um, maybe genres. Um, uh, definitely like say sports games. That's basically jock territory yeah. now. I think you're lots but of even like, like competitive like first person shooters yeah, like Overwatch, yeah, that's, Counter Strike. Yeah. Like yeah. Fortnite is like just a cultural thing now. Like it's mm-hmm. not. Dude, you got, you know, athletes, you know, playing it and and talking about it all the time. You got, like, Antoine Griezmann dancing, you know, Fortnite dances when he scores goals. So, that's how... When boxers do it, you know, when when sports franchises, like the Yankees have an esports team, it is not nerdy anymore. Oh, wow, really? Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Not nerdy anymore. That is... Actually, the dark uh, reality might be the the real nerd culture is, is, like white nationalism <laughs> that's like uh, you know Whoa. you really want to go into the fringes oh my god uh, yeah mm-hmm. so, well, it's culture. Might... i mean that i mean that's part of nerd culture is being on the fringes so yeah maybe we don't have nerds we just have new yeah, fringes. if you define nerd culture as fringe yeah yeah so yeah. I, I think that's another episode though let's it not is. let's not <laughs> delve too much into that uh millie or m2me do you, do you guys have any last thoughts no no i think no, we covered just, it yeah Okay. I, I will say I'm glad I saw Endgame just because I've just been in the dark for so long. So I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I know a bit about it now. I don't really have plans <laughs> to watch the other ones, but if I You ha- don't need to. Yeah. Okay. If it were like, if, if it were on an airplane, it was the only movie, I would definitely not be opposed to it, though. Don't worry. Yeah. You'll have other opportunities. <laughs> I, there's I, no way Marvel is over. Oh no no! no, no. There's not, not a fourth four. wave. Is, yeah. not, not a fourth wave is gonna start. So now all the yep. all the like undesirable groups, like there there'll be Shang Chi, the Asian American. Yep. I'm sure yep. there'll be like yep. the first gay Asian, uh, not gay yep. Asian, uh, but a gay uh, Marvel hero. There'll probably be like the Muslim female super. You know, it's like the now they're now like the the big big boys and big girls have played their right. part. All so. these shows will be coming up on Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, their new streaming <laughs> service. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. When I said Marvel, I meant Avengers. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of think that what they're going to do, wasn't there like a five-year gap in the movie? Yes. Someone online was theorizing yeah, yeah, yeah. that they could just go back into that five-year gap and generate more movies. They'll have new Avengers. Well, they were going to... I don't see why... Cap- Captain exactly. Marvel will lead the Avengers. Now, we got Brie Larson yeah. now. Right. And put, 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 well, and her in, put her in Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Right, there you go. There you yeah. go. You get you get the minorities and the women. And Sam Jackson uh, sits in the back with, with with an eye patch. But uh, <laughs> they need they were going to do a Black Widow movie, but she's dead now. It has to be in the past. Yep. So. No, I think they're going to resurrect her when they when when they go looking for Gamora. Uh, really? Yeah, totally. 
they set it up oh, already. God. They're gonna they're gonna find a way to bring her back to life. Uh, it never ends. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good way to <laughs> end it. It never ends. All right. It never. Ends. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah. Never. All right. This is a this is a good talk. Uh, M two May. It was great having you. You should come back on. Soon. Oh yeah, yeah man. Great to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, actually, M two May. You got any projects you're working on that you want to plug while we're on here? Uh, well, not right now. I mean, I'm I'm financing my 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 feature film that I'm hopefully shooting this summer. So. So hopefully uh, next time I'm on, I'll be telling you about more about that. But as of right now, no, just just uh, financing, which is not which is the least fun part of movies. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Painful. Horrible. It's the least fun part of everything. Yes. Really, you got anything that you're working on you want to talk about? Yeah, no, not really. I'm sort of in the same boat. I'm uh, working on a few different scripts. Um, but nothing that's ready to see the light of day or anything oxford oxford i love how they're like both of our guests and tumea and millie are like we're not doing anything except you know working on this film and <laughs> like five thousand side projects but yeah, yeah we're not doing anything <laughs> for us it for feels sure. it, well, for us yeah, it feels like we're doing nothing because we're not it's not being done i know yet. i know i i like no, the, we're I actually like super I slammed like but the thing is that you can't really talk about stuff until it's done so of course i just like to tease the jinx because you guys work hard and you guys are so creative and Aww. you know you guys Thanks, are so Mark. humble it's so no honestly it's like you're so always so humble about it and um i just find it funny all right okay well thanks for being on and listeners thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode so have a good night everyone good night good night peace Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Escape from Plan A. Uh, I'm Oxford, I was joined by Mark, I'm Tume, and Millie. And uh, if you like us, please go on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, etc. Go uh, subscribe to us, leave a review if you like us, five stars, that's what we like. Uh, so, uh, until next week, um, well, another episode will be on the way. Alright, bye everyone.